0: You please stand and join me in the call of worship. Come into my house and worship, says God. Come into my presence and be at peace, says our God. And here are those who enjoy God's gift of Come and let your life be joined to mine, says God. Come and be God's honored guest, for all are welcome in God's house. we consider the goodness, the graciousness, and the mercy of our God, we're also reminded of ourselves and how far we fall short of God's love for us and God's expectations of who we might be. Let us, therefore, make our prayer of confession together. Generous and loving God, we are uncertain about what it means to take your bread, what it means to eat your body. Move us beyond the rituals of saying the words, so that with each taste of who you are, we are transformed. We confess the times we desire to hoard the bread, keeping even the crumbs for ourselves. Open us to gladly sharing your goodness with those known and unknown. Forgive us our small-mindedness, And help us repent of our self-protection, so that your vision of sharing the bread may be ours too. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hear the good news of the gospel. Your heart is hungry, and you are thirsty for the
1: world
0: that is less grateful than own, less broken, less hurting. You know the heart of God is love. We welcome you to this place. We hope that in this next hour you might find something to nourish your heart and your soul and to worship with us today. If you're visiting, would draw your attention to the that, there's a little tab in the bulletin, and for those of you who are also members here, um, there's little places on there, in addition to information about uh, yourself, that you can sign up for things that are coming, uh, upcoming events in the event life of the congregation. Let me share a few of those with you now. Uh, tomorrow, choir rehearsals begin at 7 o'clock tomorrow, right here in the sanctuary, and our choir director, Dylan, just adequately wanting me to share with you that. No experience necessary. If you've never sung a choir before, that's nothing to do. He just wants to take you and shape you and mold you into his own little robots. I mean, send And <laughs> yeah. this time, you know, the song says, let us make a joyful moment the Lord. Uh, comment, and he'll be glad to have you join tomorrow night at 7 o'clock. And of course, that means the choir's starting up. That means we're getting close to the fall. Um, season at the beginning of the new program here in Shrean on September 13th. Uh, we will go to our fall hours. This service will stay the same. It will still be at 10 o'clock. You guys don't have to do anything. Just keep coming at nine. But Sunday school will begin at 1010 and then the second service, pray service will begin at 11:15, regular uh, summer hours. That's also sort of as we start back to Sunday school, it's a big pancake day. So don't make any breakfast that day. There'll be uh, pancakes during the first service and during the second service. So you can, you can eat pancakes, go to Sunday school worship, or you can uh, worship, go to Sunday school and eat pancakes. you got lots of So that's column 13.
2: I also need to tell you, golfers
0: out there, that the ninth annual Silver Cup Golf Outing, on September the 19th, Saturday morning at Caughtville um, this is some people say this is a hugely competitive event. I mean, you do you do get your name on a trophy. How do we you know that it's the same two guys every year? I, I don't know why that is. But this year we're actually we're going to have a women's division. So we're gonna have a second
1: uh, uh, it's
0: for anybody that likes to play golf or welcome. Um we'll have anybody there from people like Rich with a single digit name to folks that it's their first and only round of golf of the year. So I'm sure you fit in there somewhere. If you like the play, you'd love to have it at Saturday. Again, that's something you can just note your interest on in the little tarot tab um, in your bulletin. And then just to prepare you, Crop um, walk, walk is coming up the first Sunday in October, October, October 4th. It's a chance to walk up for um, relieving hunger here in the United States and around the world, actually. And uh, many of us uh, participated in that in the past and our be meeting as well, October 4th. And let me tell you a little bit about what's coming up in worship. Uh, next week, a couple of mission uh, opportunities. We're gonna hear Evan Baker talk about his uh, mission with Go Ministries this summer. He'll be doing a little minute for mission and worship. And then between the services next week, uh, Samuel Mayo, who was here last year and shared with us about raising money um, to help uh, bring clean drinking water to the Sudan, um, Samuel's gone to the Sudan, dug some wells, and now he's back to report to us, so um, many of you have contributed to that that mission. You'll have a chance to hear from Samuel uh, next week. But this week, uh, we sent off, oh, a couple weeks ago now, our senior highs to the Pine Ridge Indian Reservation in South Dakota, and they're back to report today. We're gonna have, if Mark's here, we'll have him come up. Otherwise, why don't we just, if you're wearing one of those t-shirts, or should be wearing one of those t-shirts, why don't you guys come on up here and we'll uh, um, have everybody turn and look at the screens. There's a little movie here.
2: So you can get a sense for some of the things that we did uh, while in Wanblee, South Dakota, is actually where the mission sites uh, typically were. Um, Each of the youth was challenged on the way back to come up with a two-second summary of their trip. Um, So after the service, don't hesitate to harass each one of them for their two-second version of the trip. Um, They also have a two-minute version if you've got time and a two-hour version if you really have time. Um, So don't hesitate to harass them. You're going to get my two-minute version real quick, and I'll probably do it in less than that. A couple of things we did, I think, that would... Would summarize the trip. Um, other than having a good time, both going there and coming back, as I'm sure you could tell, uh, with some of our goofy poses and whatnot, um, we we met some people that we probably didn't expect to meet. Uh, Frank Octine's daughter, uh, worshipped at a church in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, that she came up and had a very emotional moment with us as we uh, had a chance to meet her. Um, you know, we met some folks that will change the way I always will ever think about kind of young kids, and I, I discovered the power of the piggyback. Uh, you saw the, the smile that that can create, that uh, you, just, you don't see that very often unless you're kind of around that kind of thing. Um, I saw the joy that a, a fresh coat of paint can bring on a house that hadn't been painted in 35 years um, and, and desperately needed just a little bit of, of love and care. Um, so we saw that. And you know, I think we saw the power that our group can have in really showing a bunch of other kids how cool it is to be a disciple of Christ and be with one another. We were the big group. We were one third of the camp and officially like 2% of the town of Kadoka, South Dakota while we were living there. And uh, you know, we brought a lot of spirit and a lot of energy to that environment, which is a great thing. Um, so this is only about a third of the group that went. It was 19 kids and five adults um, that spent the week there. So find them after the service, there'll be more coming in before the second service. Um, ask them for their two second versions of what happened on the trip. and. Uh, I think that's all so thank you congregation for your support. Obviously we couldn't get there without you it takes lots of 15 passenger vans and Fast-food meals and things like that. So thank you very much for all your generous support and you know, We look forward to doing it again next year
3: Well the children please come up morning, Jack. <laughs> Did I, well, you were going to say something. What were you going to say? Nothing? Okay. I'm glad you're here. Jack, look what's up here. You know what this is, don't you? What is this? A food bag? Yeah. You know, I happen to know, Jack, because you and I do this together sometimes, you know all about this bag. But there's a lot of people out here today that don't have a clue why we have a grocery sack sitting on the communion table. Where did these grocery sacks happen at our church? At the food pantry. Now, you need to help me tell everyone here, where is the food pantry? Is it here in the sanctuary? No. Where is it? House. In the house, that, that tan-colored house that's next door. Some people call it the cottage. It has a sign in front of it, and that's where the Elmhurst-Yorkfield food pantry is, right? And folks come there that are hungry, and they get a bag of groceries. Will you help me unpack this so we can see what's in a bag of groceries? And then we're going to stack everything right up here on the communion table, OK? All right, what might they get in a food bag? Rice Krispies, okay, what else? Syrup, okay, put that over there. More cereal, crackers, cleaning stuff. Is that like dish soap? Wow, what's that? Rice. Rice. Okay, that's good. Well, it's actually ketchup. Some people like to put it on hot dogs. Yeah. What else do you have? You you like to put it on your hot dogs? What else do you have in there? Apples. Apples. sauce. Okay. Cool. Spaghetti sauce. Peaches, oh pears, more pears, okay, can you put that one up on top? And more tomato sauce. So this is an example of what someone (laughs) might get in their food pantry bag, excellent, wow. Jack, why do we have the food pantry, do you think? To help people who are hungry. Yeah. You know, the last couple weeks we've been talking about Jesus is the bread of life. Have you ever heard that before? No. Okay. Well, then you're lucky because today is week number three of three weeks of bread of life, so you're going to get it. So here's what I want to teach you today. The Bible tells us that Jesus is the bread of life. Jesus is the bread of life, and Jesus shares with us. No, you don't. But this is what you do have to do you have to take this whole bread and share it. Because this is what this is all about. We bring in food. We buy extra food at the grocery, and we bring it in, and we share it. So could you take this bread of life? Jesus is the bread of life. Could you take the bread of life and share it? So you can walk right down the center aisle, break off a piece, and give it, share it with everybody who's here. Just share the bread of life. Yeah, give him a big hunk. And you can say, here's the bread of life. There, the bread of life. Now, these people over here need some. Give them some bread of life. Yeah, give them, give them the whole piece because we have a big, big loaf of bread here. Say the bread of life. Here's it. Oh we have more. More. Over here, over here. You have to do both sides. The bread of life. You can give this whole hunk to them and then they'll pass it down and share it with other folks. Can you give them give this lady this whole piece? Yeah, give her the whole thing, I would. I would, I would give, there you go, the bread of life. The bread of life. You're doing such a great job. Yeah, yeah, give your mom the whole thing. The bread of life. Here's another piece, over here. The bread of life. The bread of life. The bread of life. All right. Why don't you hold my hands, and we're going to say a prayer right here. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for coming into our lives. Thank you for being the bread that inspires us to share what we have with others. Amen. Thanks for your help, Jack. I bet your mom saved some for you. you pray with me. Holy, holy, holy God, send your spirit to be in this place. Dwell in our hearts forever and open us now that we might hear your word and be moved in ways that you desire. In Jesus' name we pray and all God's people say Amen. Join me now for the reading of the Psalter lesson this morning. We're going to read together Psalm 84. If you'll find your pew Bible in front of you, it's that black book in front of you that says Holy Bible on it. In the Old Testament, turn to page 543, Psalm 84. 84. We're going to share the reading of the psalm responsibly. That means I'll start out and read the whole first verse, and then I invite you to read the second verse. I'll read the third, you read the fourth, and so God's word will be spoken to us. Let us share together now in the reading of the 84th psalm. How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord of hosts. Even the sparrow finds a home, and the swallow a nest for herself. Where she may lay her young at your altars, O Lord of Hosts, my King and my God. Happy are those who live in your house, ever seen your grace. Happy are those whose strength is in you, in whose heart are the highways to Zion. They go from strength to strength. The God of gods will be seen in Zion. Behold our shield, O God. Look on the face of your anointed. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. He bestows favor and honor. No good thing does the Lord withhold from those who walk uprightly. Amen.
4: guilty son and to become the Lamb of God. O Lamb of God, And to be called a Lamb of God, O Lamb of God.
3: lesson for today comes from the book of John chapter 6 verses 56 through 69 listen for the word of God to you those who eat my flesh and drink my blood abide in me and I in them just as the living father sent me and I live because of the father so whoever eats me will live because of me This is the bread that came down from heaven, not like that which your ancestors eat and they died, but the one who eats this bread will live forever. Jesus said these things while he was teaching in the synagogue at Capernaum. When many of his disciples heard it, they said, this teaching is difficult, who can accept it? But Jesus, being aware that his disciples were complaining about it, said to them, Does this offend you? Then what if you were to see the Son of Man ascending to where he was before? It is the Spirit that gives life. The flesh is useless. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and life, but among you there are some who do not believe. For Jesus knew from the first who were the ones that did not believe and who was the one who would betray him. And he said, For this reason I have told you that no one can come to me unless it is granted by the Father. Because of this, many disciples turned back and no longer went about with him. So Jesus asked the twelve, Do you wish to go away? Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom can we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and know that you are the Holy One of God. This is the word of our Lord. Thanks be to God. This bread of life, the very essence of who Jesus is, our bread of life, the food that feeds our hunger in a way no carbohydrate can. In this third week of bread of life scripture from the Gospel of John, I found myself staying attuned to bread all week long, hoping for a deeper understanding and perhaps some divine inspiration. For this sermon this morning. There is that delicious aroma of bread, of fresh baking bread. All you need to do is drive down the Eisenhower, and just east of Austin, before you hit Cicero Avenue, the smell of bread fills the air. No matter that it is assembly line white bread, it smells wholesome and of love, like the bread that my dear friend Diane bakes in her kitchen. Continuing down the street, it doesn't take long where I live, over close to Berwyn, that you run into a Toronto bread truck. I see the bread truck and I think, bread of life. And then I drove past and saw a young boy sitting half-perched on his chair, looking like he was going to fall out any minute at an outdoor Greek taverna, He had a hunk of bread in his hand that was bigger than his entire fist, and he's yanking off another piece of bread, and what do I think? Bread of life. Then I was reading Sojourners, an excellent Christian journal of social justice and witness, and I saw this reminder. Even our dogs want their daily bread. And at the risk of being sacrilegious, I'll add this one to the list of Bread of Life sightings from this past week. Jesus, the Bread of Life. And then there is this image. What is this man praying for? Perhaps this familiar portrait is one that you've seen many times. Did it hang in your grandmother's dining room? Or perhaps you remember it from the fellowship hall of another church. Maybe this is the first time you've seen this painting, but look at it. Study it, ponder it. And tell me, what is this man praying for? Go ahead, say it out loud. What is this man praying for? For what? For the bread of life. What else might he be praying for? His, his daily bread. He's praying for thanks. He's offering thankfulness. What else might this guy be praying for? Forgiveness. Forgiveness. His health. that others might have their daily bread for peace. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, for this daily bread. Thank you that I have this chunk of bread in front of me to eat. To me, he looks calm and patient and filled with gratitude for all that he has. Sometimes on Thursday afternoons, I wander over to the pantry, which if you're not sure, it really is in this tan-colored little house that looks like a bungalow right next door that's in the parking lot. That's where the food pantry's located. And I can walk over there on Thursday afternoons at one o'clock and already see that people have been lining up before they come early. The pantry opens at one, but they come early to queue up put their cars in place so that they're ready for their food. And you know what? That same kind of peaceful thankfulness that I see in that portrait is what I see on the faces of the people who come to the pantry. Like the man in the painting, we don't know their stories either. We know they need food. We know that they figured out how to get to the pantry. They figured out how to call in for appointment how to secure a reference that tells us, yes, they are in fact in need of food, they've showed their photo ID, and now they've shown up. But that's about all we know about them. We know how many people are in their household, often three generations and sometimes four generations in one household. The volunteers pack the groceries the very best they can to meet the family's needs, If it's a family that has young children, they're likely to get the apple juice. If it's a family that has all adult members living in the household, they're more likely to receive the tomato juice. But every single family gets peanut butter and jelly, tuna fish, canned vegetables and canned fruit, pasta, a box of mashed potato flakes, and bread. A handful of volunteers take turns trekking to the Panera Bread that's on Route 83, the one that's across from the Container Store. The artisan breads and muffins and pastries that we don't buy on a daily basis are donated by Panera Bread to the pantry. So at 6.30 in the morning, these volunteer families, they arrive at Panera and they stuff their minivans full of bread. They take it home, they tenderly wrap it in plastic bags and bring it back to the pantry so that that daily bread may be shared. And every Thursday, Frank, Octine, and Tony, one of our clients, pick up more bread and bakery items from the Dominic's grocery store on the north side of town. If you're ever in these places, if you're ever in that particular Panera or that particular Dominic's, thank those people. Find the manager and say to them thank you for sharing your daily bread. Give us this day our daily bread. Give us the hope of Jesus. It's common to find volunteers like Doris and Sue standing near the bread table Warmly greeting our guests with a smile on their faces. Take as much as you wish. Take all the bread you can use. We encourage the guests to take as much as they can because we have so much bread. Take this nourishment. Take this staple of life. In her book entitled, Take This Bread, by Sarah Miles. She shares her faith story. Although her grandparents were lifelong missionaries, she grows up atheist with no belief, no church, no community, no community of faith. Trained as a journalist, she covered the violent wars of Nicaragua in the 80s. She also spent long hours in the backroom kitchens of restaurants in New York City, where she learned how to negotiate with vendors, how to make large quantities of food, and occasionally help the homeless man that knocked on the back door of the kitchen. Her story is raw, personal, and honest. Listen to bits of her story. Of course there was a lot of suffering in Central America, and predictably that suffering made lots of people ugly. Crazy, dishonest, desperate, cruel, and I knew why. I had pretended not to understand Spanish so I wouldn't have to listen to a distraught taxi driver tell me about his son's death. I had lied to a human rights lawyer so that I could stay home eating ice cream and reading a book, rather than taking him to one of his clients. I told told poor people I was broke. In big ways and in small, I knew exactly how selfish a war could make me, and I saw all around me how fear and need drove other people to terrible betrayals. Yet over and over, I saw also how war created a community, a people, and how that community was nourished by gestures of sharing. It was sharing that didn't depend on personal intimacy and a community that didn't depend on everyone's being friends. It foreshadowed what I would come to understand as church at its very best. Sarah continues, What mattered to me most in those years was that I could launch myself into an unknown town, a war zone, and be fed usually by strangers, and sometimes by comrades, occasionally by my enemies, but always by someone who was as hungry as I was, or hungrier. We had hunger in common, and we had food. Take this bread, this life, eat. Sarah's journey of faith continues until she finds herself wandering into a most unexpected place on a Sunday morning. I still can't explain my first communion, she shares. It made no sense. I was in tears and physically unbalanced. I felt as if I had stepped off a curb and been knocked over painlessly from behind. The disconnect between what I thought was happening, I was eating a piece of bread, What I heard someone else saying to me, the piece of bread was the body of Christ, and what I knew was happening, God named Christ or Jesus was real, and in my mouth, it utterly short-circuit my ability to do anything but cry. Take this bread, this life. Rejoice. The same kind of shocking amazement is exactly what the disciples are talking about in today's lesson. This teaching is so difficult. They're not sure what to think. They're not sure if they can even accept it. What does it mean? Maybe we don't need buttoned-up answers to every single question that we have. Maybe it is in the pure acceptance and the receiving of the bread and cup in our undoubting yes that we open ourselves up to receive the Spirit. I'm pressed to give you words that define Holy Communion, but I know that I experience the joy, the comfort, the amazement that is in the bread. In that moment when our eyes meet and you break off the bread, It is the voice of the Holy Spirit that speaks to both of us, saying, This is the body of Christ, broken for you. In the weekly gathering at the Lord's table, Sarah found grace, acceptance, and love. This holy ground becomes the platform for her envision of what God is calling her to do. She takes seriously the words she hears from the Episcopal priest who offers the invitation. This is Jesus' table, and all are welcome here. Sarah shares, the picture in the back of my head was getting clearer. It was communion, after all, but with free groceries instead of bread and wine, with the everyone of Jesus' invited everyone to his table, extended so that more sinners and outcasts could come and share the feast. It was the literal bread of life being served from the very same table where the bread of heaven was served. This is it, I thought. This is what I'm supposed to do. Feed my sheep. So she phoned the food bank and said, I'd like to talk to someone about starting a food pantry. With a fierce compassion, Sarah Miles started a food pantry, and she did feed the hungry, literally on the brand-new communion table. The church had just spent buku bucks buying a new communion table, and in the middle of the rotunda, she laid out sacks of potato and boxes of celery and cereal and canned goods and bread. Take this bread and eat it, all of you. It's an amazing gift we are given. Nourishment for our bodies from the body of God. A broken body that makes our brokenness no more. We are made whole. We don't deserve it, and yet it is freely given and freely received. I'm convinced that a sacramental understanding of who God is and what difference this bread of life makes is before us in the everyday actions of people. People like you and people like Sarah Miles that envision God's banquet table. People like all the volunteers at the food pantry who are preparing the feast. People like these food pantry clients that come seeking hope for the day. This is where the Holy meets us. Open your eyes this week and see the finest wheat. Open your mouth and taste the sweet promise of Jesus. Open your heart to God, knowing that nothing will ever, ever be the same again. For this gift, this bread, this eternal life, It is for you. Take this bread and eat it. ni now let us share a portion of what we have received in your morning offering so that we might return to God and to God's earth the glory that is deserved. Let us receive the morning offering.
0: As we come to pray together, let me share these joys and concerns. Um, Continuing prayers for Benice Martin, who is at the uh, Lexington Square uh, nursing home in, in midst of the rehab from her broken hip. She'll probably be there uh, until about the 21st of September. And then she's hoping to, uh, I think, move across the parking lot and into uh, the high rise there with a number of uh, other members of ours and so keep her uh, in your prayers. Um, she's also uh, ready now to receive visitors if you would like to do that. Um, she would uh, like to receive you. That'd be great. Also at, at Lexington um, keep in your prayers Art Schroeder. Art is um, uh, battling bone cancer. Um, he's in under hospice care at the moment. Um, he's not in a lot of pain so we're thankful for that but um, very much um, remember him in your prayers. Uh, The MOAs asked for prayers for Carol's mother, Billy Dvorak, uh, who's recovering from pneumonia, and for uh, her brother, Carol's brother Randy, who was just diagnosed with prostate cancer. Um, We also want to remember all of our uh, students and our teachers that are returning to school and have been over these last weeks, but uh, here in Elmhurst uh, we'll begin in earnest tomorrow. Keep all of them in our prayers as well. Let us turn our hearts to God. Lord of life, you are the bread of our lives. You sustain us. You feed us. You heal us and make us whole. We're thankful for the work that our senior highs were able to do in ministry at the Pine Ridge Indian Reservation, for connections made, for work done, for new relationships that were built, for the power of piggybacks. As we remember God, we who piggyback upon you, you who carry us in the most difficult times, indeed, carry us through every time. Lord we are thankful for those who return to school for lessons that will be learned for the challenges of new ideas And yet we know that it's also a a stressful time, a time of worry and, and anxiety for students in new classes and teachers with new students. We pray for them all, for you are a God of new beginnings, and you are there already to guide them and to nurture and to nourish their spirits even as their minds are being nourished and engaged. Lord, we pray for those whose bodies are broken and breaking. For as you were known in the breaking of bread, on the road to Emmaus you whose body was broken for us we thank you that you give us life here and in the world to come that you want nothing for us but healing and wholeness we thank you for sharing the bread of life with us the good news of forgiveness of acceptance We thank you for feeding us, and may we, out of gratitude, feed others with that same forgiveness and acceptance, and may we, out of gratitude, give out of our plenty to those who are so much in need for the hungry and the hurting in body and in soul. Lord, you brought us here today to hear your word, to reflect upon your goodness. And in a few moments, we return to lives that are full of responsibilities, of challenges. Of tasks to be done. Keep us mindful that you, the bread of life, are with us in those tasks and those responsibilities. Guide our decisions, energize our actions, motivate our hearts to be about your work in this world for we are your hands and feet in this place help us to act with compassion in your name and so God we pray the prayer your son taught us saying together our father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven
3: been to the food pantry just this month and we still have days to go in this month. That's over 500 bags of groceries like this one that have been shared. The very bread of life given to those in need. Go out into the world and share the bread of life, knowing that the love of God, the peace of Jesus Christ, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit goes with you this day and all whom you love. Amen. (music) Uh... Mm-hmm.